This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Company's Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Benedictine College and Audible.com. If you'd like to download a free audiobook, go to our special link, audibletrial.com forward slash Thinking Bigger. You have to use that in order to get your free book. You can choose from among 150,000 titles, audibletrial.com forward slash Thinking Bigger. Our guest today is Barbara Teicher, the author of a brand new book called It's How You Say It. As a keynote speaker, trainer, and coach, Teicher has spent 25 years developing leaders in companies of all sizes, helping them with effective business communication and leadership skills. She's a frequent speaker and workshop uh, presenter to senior officers of some of the most recognized brands in the world. And Barbara's here to talk with us today about her new book. Again, it's How You Say It. Welcome to the show, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we'll say it a third time. Your new book, it's How You Say It. And you emphasize in the title the how. Why is that so important? So many people, I think, Kelly, don't realize how they come across. And it's not just the words that you use, and it's not just the verbals either, the nonverbals. Some people think, well, that must mean tone of voice and nonverbals. Sure. And that's a really small piece of it. Mm. But there are so many things that go into that that people have no idea. Okay. So it's not just the words. It's not necessarily just the body language. There's a lot more. Let's talk a little bit about the book and its makeup before we dive into some of those it's a short book, but it's packed with yes. lots of information. Those are the best kind. You don't have to go through hundreds of pages. Tell us about, about how the book is arranged, its format, and why it's that way. One of the things I realized when I started writing this is that people are at different levels in their careers. And, and my concern was that someone would pick up the book and see that they had some, that I had some great basic skills at the beginning of the book and feel like, oh, you know, I'm, I may be past that in my career. Right. So what I decided to do was to put the book into three parts. So the first part uh, is for people who are either new to supervision or management, or maybe it's someone that's not in corporate America at all Mm -hmm. and just doesn't really understand why they don't have the best relationship with their friend, their spouse, whatever. So for those people just starting off in business, part one gives you kind of the the history and the basics, if you will. Mm -hmm. 
Part two, which is chapters three and four, that wraps in the information for someone who is a seasoned manager or possibly someone who is has been in place a long time but just wants to fine-tune a little bit mm-hmm. or maybe having an issue with someone in the office and doesn't know what's going on. Right. Part three, then, is for leadership. And leadership isn't just something that's in your title. I truly think that the skills to leadership can be taught and that leadership itself is a mindset. So... Part three is for leaders, and it has the characteristics of a true leader and what it takes to go from, without trying to uh, use the phrase good to great, to go from good to great. Right, yeah, and communication is such a huge part of that. Now, at the end of each section, tell us about uh, how the, the book the sections end in the book. I think that's one of the things that really differentiates this book, and I'm really excited about it. To answer your question, there are two sections at the end of each book. One of them is called The Science of It All, and one of them is called All Aboard. The Science of It All, what that does is takes the research I've done and the scientific information that actually backs up what I've said in the chapter and substantiates it. So the skills that I talk about in that chapter or the things that I share you should do, the reasons for those are actually backed up by science, and that's what that section of the book does. The last section of the book, or each chapter rather, All Aboard, Take something that I think is needed in books that you usually don't see. And what that is is the application piece. So it's not just here's what should be going on and here's why you should be doing it. It's actually here's how to do that. So it will take the skill sets from that chapter and say, here's some things that you can try to practice these skill sets. Mm -hmm. Do you think that uh, if if a manager, say, of a department or uh, even a small business owner, that this book is something that they could take, maybe bring in some pizza or some lunch and sit down and, and work through this over time with their staff? Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that lends itself to it is the way the book is broken Mm -hmm. down. So to your point, let's say you take part one, which is chapters one and two. You can do hour-long sections of that and take as little or as much time as you want. So there are some pieces that people may want to chat about a little longer or may not understand as well that'll take longer, and there may be things that you can go, wow, remember a couple weeks ago when this and that happened? It's exactly what she's talking about here. So definitely. You mentioned the science behind it, and of course we're not going to get into all of that today, but there are so many books on the market about communications, and and one of the ways yours is differentiated is through the science, through the format. So give give us a little bit of an idea of the science behind it, though. Well, One of the things that really hit me is, I'm sure you've heard the saying that some people can brighten a room just by walking into it, right? Yes. And and the opposite is also true that you've heard that some (laughs) people brighten it by walking out of it, right? And, And so when we see someone, so for instance, when I see you, I may think, oh, Kelly Scanlon, she's great. We're great friends. I love this. I, I, this is going to be a good meeting. And, and because of that, I think that it's our history together that causes that. And that's true in part. However, Some of the science behind that is when I see someone that I recognize that gives me a good feeling, my brain actually releases something called oxytocins. Really? And that oxytocin is what makes me go, oh, it's Kelly. I can't wait to talk with her. So even though in my mind it's the history we have that's important, and that's true, and even though in my mind it's the history with you that makes the room brighten when you walk into it, It's also scientific because your brain is releasing a chemical that's actually causing that reaction, and that's the oxytocin. And a lot of people don't know that. Hmm. 
No, I didn't know that. <laughs> See, you learn <laughs> I something new some, every day. I love doing these shows because I always learn something. Okay, let's talk about, there, there's so many different things you can learn in the book. I would, am especially fascinated by what you call the five disconnects. If we could run through those, uh, and, and if you wanted to focus on a few of those a little bit more intensely, that would be great, especially number five. I love number five. <laughs> but you start off with your approach. The right. five, what, what's wrong? With, how can a, an approach be a disconnect? I think the reason that it's a disconnect is because people don't realize how their approach is coming across, right? Um, I'll take my husband and I. Uh, I love him dearly. Mm -hmm. We are so opposite when it comes to communication, right? He is facts and figures and statistics and things like that, and I am strategic and visionary and creative. So what he sees as a regular approach in my mind, may come across as being really direct. Um, one of the things that I love is because I love him, he gives me great stories that he doesn't even you know, sometimes <laughs> realize that are in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you read through the book, some of those examples are things that someone would look at and go, oh my gosh, that's happened to me. And so your approach, what I may think is logical and what I may think is very strategic are, are two different things. So if I'm the kind of person that gets to a meeting 10 or 15 minutes early and I've got my pen and my notepad or iPad or whatever, my coffee, and I'm ready, to the person that comes flying in at five minutes till talking about the traffic, two totally different people with two totally different approaches, and they may just mm -hmm. not hit it off with each other. So the approach that you think is very congenial, may actually be hitting someone really the wrong way. Sure. We have a couple that we're friends with. We get together often. And they've gotten to a point in their relationship over you know several decades now where they recognize this and can laugh about it. But they always thought they were arguing. And then they would get towards, <laughs> you know, somewhere towards the end and, and realize we're really saying the same thing. We're just saying it different. But it took them years to realize that. It's just they come at it from a different standpoint and while he might be stressing the analytical and the numbers and she's the visionary she you know they're really saying the same thing it's just that it's the way they approach it and and it, it's always fun to even even now when we're with them to see that start to happen that where they realize because my husband and I can see it you're saying the same thing but <laughs> and you know what's funny that you just said is whether it's a business situation or it's a personal situation right. when those things happen and you don't know why, the first thing you automatically want to do is say they're being unreasonable. Yes. Right? Right. And, and we tend to, because it's human nature, we don't ever want to think that we may be part of the problem when we don't even realize there is a problem sometimes. You touched on this just a little bit at the beginning, and obviously you said this isn't all of it, and that's nonverbals. Some of the, the challenges with nonverbals, are things that we don't realize we're doing. For instance, let's say you're at a meeting mm -hmm. and you're sitting at the table and someone else is talking and you look at your watch to see you know, what time it is or you may glance down at your phone to see if any texts or emails have come in or, and you really mean nothing by it. Right. And it doesn't mean you're not listening either. But to the person that's speaking, it appears as though you're disengaged. And it could be to the leadership at that table, it appears as though you're disengaged. Mm -hmm. So even though you may not be your body language and your nonverbals are saying a different thing than, than you think you're saying. And sometimes you have no idea 
that that's coming across that way. And you don't mean it to. Mm-hmm. The other one that I hear a lot about is the arms folded across your chest, which I'm terribly guilty of. And for me, when I do it, it's it's not a power stance. For me, it's just more, uh, a lot of times I'm cold. That's what you I know? used to do. It's, and that's true. <laughs> I, I'm just cold. But But what you'll notice, too, is... And it happens differently in different different interactions. For instance, if you're standing in a hallway, it's not unusual to see someone's arms closed or folded in front of them. But what's interesting is a lot of times that person may or may not even be looking at who's in front of them. True. They may be turned at the side and they're looking at who's walking down the hall. Mm-hmm. Or they're looking at you know their watch, what's coming next. And it really gives the impression that they're disengaged when in fact they may not be. Exactly. If you're at a meeting, you could be sitting sideways with your legs crossed and your arms folded, and it really does look like I have someplace else I'd rather be. I've got any place else I'd mm-hmm. rather be. Mm-hmm. And and so without meaning to or intending to, it can really give a bad impression to the folks that are at the meeting with you. Right. Something to be conscious of. And that's a big part of this. The step one is awareness. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And the, and that leads right into the next thing, really, and it's tone of voice. Uh, so often you don't realize how you're coming across with people with your tone of voice. You don't, again, a lot of these, you just don't mean anything by it. It's just the lack of your own awareness you know, of, of how this is coming off to other people. There's, there's something I talk about in the book called the temperature of your voice. And this is really pronounced in corporate America. And what I mean by the temperature of your voice is I may say one thing. I may say, oh, it's so good to see you, but you, there's just that something in the back that lends you to say, she doesn't really mean that. I don't really think she's glad to see me or whatever the case may be. So what is the emotion behind the words that you use? And sometimes they can be totally in sync. Sometimes they can be totally not in sync. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all due to what is that going on under the surface that you don't think other people catch but they really do. You know, it's funny that you use that as an example because for me, uh, the body language or the nonverbals come in very, very strongly there. You can have people say, it's so good to see you, but the smile on their face is so fake. And, I mean, you can tell because you've been around them enough to know that that's not a natural smile. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And and it's not even people sometimes that you that you know. It could be someone you don't know. And in a in a business situation, everyone's trying to be so politically correct, right? Yes. And so no one would ever use the tone of voice that you may think a teenager might use if they were unhappy, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and the reason I say that is because I have a daughter I also love dearly, but she's given me some great examples, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But in a business setting, it's all very understated and very toned down, but it's still there. right? And it's still people that are perceptive, I'll say, can catch those things, even though you may not think they realize it. And and it's very obvious that where you are isn't where you really want to be. Right. But it's that awareness. You know, you hit on something that it, it deviates a little bit from this list of five disconnects. And, and it's what I'm hearing more and more from people, especially people who've been in business for a while, a lot more comfortable with themselves, a lot more confident in themselves, and that is it's almost impossible to get anything done in a business meeting these days because nobody will say what they really think. And and talk about a difficult communication situation. Everybody's so worried about offending somebody or not looking good in front of the boss and and nothing gets said that needs to be said. And I, I've heard more and more frustration with that. Have you noticed that too? I have noticed it and I think a lot of that 
has to do with the culture that you're in. For example, um, part three, the steps to leadership. As you read through that, one of the things that it says is that you set the tone for what the entire corporation thinks they should be doing, saying, acting like, right? Mm-hmm. So, so for instance, in a sales situation, if you're a sales director and you're saying to someone, you know what, why don't you hold that sale for a day or two so it can go on next month's figures, what are you telling them, right? Yeah. If you go into a meeting and people feel like they can't tell the truth or they can't say what they really feel because they're afraid of the repercussions, then, then that goes back, in my opinion, that goes back to the culture of the organization, which starts at the top. So if you are a leader in an organization or you are in a position of authority in a situation, in a, in a business rather, what is it that you're modeling in those meetings? Are you expecting everyone else to do the yes, ma'am, yes, sir, everything's great, everything's fine, we love life? That's not even <laughs> realistic. You know? I know. I, I mean, know. it's not. And the only way that you can get better, and, and this is a, a great example I was talking with someone uh, in a different company about at one point is if you know people that are into working out at a gym or li- weightlifting, when you lift weights, what you want to do is lift just enough that it's kind of breaking down those muscles mm-hmm. so that after you work out and you, you repair, if you will, they get stronger. Right. Well, sometimes in a business situation, you have to break down a little bit in order to rebuild. Oh, right? I love that analogy. C.S. Lewis said once that, that true communication, in order to be successful, you have to take a step back because those people that are on the wrong path, the only way to move ahead is to go backwards first. And I think as leaders sometimes, we're afraid to say, you know what, I, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, everybody already knows you've made a mistake, right? <laughs> Great point. So, so the only difference is, are you going to be a big enough person to admit it, or are you just going to think that everybody is so blind that they don't realize that's what's going on? Sure. And, and you're really hurting your own credibility by yeah. doing that. So you need to make sure that people not only feel safe in that environment, but of course, that you treat each other with respect when you're being honest. Ab- a oh, too. absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue to visit with Barbara Teicher, the author of a brand new book called It's How You Say It. We'll be right back. Would the real Obamacare please stand up? The No Politics Ben Free Zone for Healthcare and the Affordable Care Act. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, and I'm joined every week by your federally certified Affordable Care Act specialist, Mr. Greg Howard. That's a mouthful. You said it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what we really do. What we really do is help people understand how the Affordable Care Act impacts them, their family, their business. We make it simple so that people can go on with their lives. Couldn't have said it better myself, and you'll find it every Friday at 1 p.m. on Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio at blogtalkradio.com. That's Would the Real Obamacare Please Stand Up, Fridays at 1. Hi, I'm Kelly Scanlon, host of Smart Companies Radio, and I'd like to tell you about one of the sponsors of Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. It's audible.com. Get a special offer by going to audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. Get a free month service and download a book of your choice. You get about 150,000 titles to choose from. So go out to audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. Are you growing incrementally or exponentially this year? Your future depends on continuously improving your skills, enhancing your knowledge, and applying those improvements and enhancements at work. What a difference a year makes. Consider the Executive MBA program at Benedictine College, Kansas City's only one-year Executive MBA program. Find out more by logging on to benedictine.edu slash EMBA to get started. 
Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're here today with Barbara Teicher. She's the author of a book called It's How You Say It. And we've been talking about how the book's been formatted, uh, how everybody can learn no matter what your level. And there's some real practical exercises in each section, too, so you can apply what you've learned immediately. We were talking, Barbara, about the five disconnects. Of course, we don't have time to go through all of them right now. People are just going to have to buy your book. Where can you get your book? If you go to my website, it's howyousayit.com. On the right-hand side, there's a picture of the book, and if you click there, you can get it. Okay, it's howyousayit.com. Easy to remember, just like the title. And as I said, we were talking about the five disconnects. I want to make sure we talk about number four. Five. You're thinking <laughs> like you. I that's think that's right. so cool. Uh, I know what you mean, but please explain. We get so caught up in ourselves sometimes. And when we talk with someone, we're approaching them from our own paradigms. Yes. So what we think should be happening, should be said, should be done, we just assume everybody else thinks the same thing because, of course, we're right. Right. And when they don't, it, it almost tends to make us go, Why would they think something like that? How could they be so wrong? And we never stop to think about where are they coming from and what lenses are they looking at this Mm -hmm. through? And so as we approach something, whether it's work or home or whatever, when we work with those people or live with those people that are different than we are, we just just want them to think and and do what we do because we're right. Mm -hmm. And it really causes some challenges because we don't realize that we're wearing that lens. Right. Yeah. So uh, another thing that you hit on in your book is you've got a formula, and it's the six steps to effective communication. It's a six, I think you call it the six, it's how you say it steps. The six, it's how you say it principle. That's principle. Right. That's okay. Right. Um, again, we probably can't go through all six of these. We have to leave a little something for people who want to read the book. And <laughs> so, so let's talk about a few of them, though. You start off with ask and suggest. What do you mean by that? To me, that's probably, that's why I have it as number one. Mm-hmm. So many times for different reasons, people try and tell you what to do, right? Um, an example might be, uh, Friday the reports are due, you need to get them in by 3 o'clock, and last week they were a little late, so don't forget. And even though people may not take offense at that consciously, it's just the, the I am authority that's coming down. As opposed to coming back and going, uh, you know what, um, Friday's the first of the month. I'd really appreciate it if you could get your reports in by three. And the reason is because I have to wrap them up and send them to Jackie. And if I don't get them in, then that's a long weekend. So if you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. It's just the way that you say something that makes them feel more like they're a peer or that you're on the same team as opposed to that hierarchy of do this. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of times, sometimes as people go up the ladder, they feel like what that means is I am boss. Right. I have to put down my fist and let you know that my authority is real. But what's funny, Kelly, is if you think back to when you were in school, the kids that were really cool, right, they didn't walk around going, I'm really cool, right? <laughs> they just were, and everybody knew it. If you're a great leader or if you're in authority, you don't have to say, I'm a great leader, I'm an authority. People know that. Mm -hmm. So if you treat people with respect and you ask them to do things, doesn't mean it's a weakness. It doesn't mean that you're being subservient. It doesn't mean that you're backing off or letting people walk on you. It's actually a sign of respect that you respect them. Well, one of the other things that you put in that example is you gave the reason why. It's not just because I'm a dictator and I say this is a. There's a real consequence 
to me, and there's a danger, you know, it'll it'll take up my weekend, and it will also possibly have consequences for the company if I don't have those by 3 o'clock. It's not just because I arbitrarily thought 3 o'clock would be a great time to turn those in. That's right. And, you know, there's... That that's a big issue, whether it's corporate America or whether it's at home. If you're asking someone to do something, especially if there's a time frame around it, let them know why. I mean, everyone wants to do to know that. I can remember our daughter saying, you know, well, why do I have to clean the kitchen right now? Well, the reason is because if we don't, we're going to get ants. And once you get ants, you can't get rid of them, Mm -hmm. you know, which is much different than because I said so. Right. Right. And it's the same way in business. People don't want to do things just because you said so. Yeah. Big picture is always important, but so often people keep um, you in the dark, kind of a need-to-know basis, just simply because that gives them more power, or at least perception of more power. So the big picture is always very important. Uh, This goes back to the nonverbals. Check your facial expressions and your body language mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna be scientific for just another minute Thank here a, a lot of times if i see someone or you see someone that we really like we'll smile mm-hmm. right and most of the time they'll smile back and so on the surface it's i like you you like me we smile but actually scientifically there's something called mirror neurons and when you smile it triggers that mirror neuron and makes me smile back And so although that's an international language, you don't need any words. It's just the, hey, I'm open to to speaking to you and so are you. There really is scientifically in your brain something going on that's saying this relationship or this interaction at this time is safe and okay to pursue. Yeah, I've been through some sales training classes, and they talk about mirroring the body language of the person you're sitting across from. If they're on the edge of their seat, you get up there on the edge of your seat type of thing because uh, of what you just described. We can't obviously go through all of these. Uh, One of the things I wanted to make sure we talk about, though, is there's so much to remember. How do you make all this seem natural? Uh, You know, it's like, okay, before I can even open my mouth, I have to go through these 10 steps and, you know, I have to make sure I'm doing this and doing that to where I can't get anything out of my mouth now. (laughs) You know, so so how do you how do you make this part of your everyday persona to where it becomes second nature? That's a great question. And I think as I look in the book and I'm looking at the six step, it's how you say it principle. Step six of that is be real. Right. (laughs) Be a person. You know, if if you are trying to do this and you mess something up, no one's going to look at you and go, you know, Kelly, you, you missed step three there. I mean, <laughs> you know, nobody knows what you're doing. If you are real, if you genuinely try to be that person and you smile and make fun of yourself sometimes, that's all you need to do. Okay, one more time. Where can we get your book? It's How You Say It. On my website, www.itshowyousayit.com on the right-hand side. Thank you. Barbara, full of lots of, of great advice and, and information today. Thank you for your time today. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. And if you'd like to learn how to grow your business, please visit our website at www.ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.